Hello and welcome to a very special Happy New Year edition of the Big Recon on Sports podcast. I am your host, I am the Big Recon. Today is Saturday, January the 1st, 2022. And to quote, to paraphrase and talk about a scene in my wife's favorite show, Supernatural, no, I didn't hear Heat of the Moment this morning. It's not the same day, it's a new year and hopefully a much better one. So first thing I'm going to do is bring in my my friend JC Blue Note as uh, my co-host on the Wise Guys show, and this is a Big Recon show, so he's just a guest today. Uh, Jim, Happy New Year. Happy New Year, Mike. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing great, and as you can see, I'm geared up for 5 p.m. I'm geared up for 6 p.m. Nice, but somebody else is geared up for 5 p.m. too. Check this guy out. (laughs) Get him off the green screen. There we go. Say hi, Jim. Say hi. <laughs> Cameras Say, and flashing lights, and I'm and I'm up way too early. <laughs> he was up at seven. <laughs> Say go Bucks. But Bobby's going to go watch Mickey Mouse Clubhouse, so we're going to let mommy take him. Bye, Jim. So for those who are just listening to this, we had Bobby on, and he's got Go Buckeyes all over him already, as it is the 1st of January, and the granddaddy of them all kicks off at 5 p.m. today from Pasadena, California, where the Utah Utes, the champions of the Pac-12, will face off against the Big Ten East co-champion Ohio State Buckeyes. Yes, that is sad for me to say, but whatever. I've already taken my beating for that. And speaking of beatings, can we get to the Orange Bowl? so you think. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Speaking of beating, can we get to the Orange Bowl now, please? <laughs> Fire away. It's a, a truth be told. You know, when you messaged me just after midnight last night, we both agreed that we did not watch the game. So we're kind of going off of highlights and everything. We didn't really watch either, but I've got enough highlights that I crammed in after you texted me this morning. And and I think I got enough where we can go. You know what kind of day it's going to be when I'm still doing the Duncan at noontime? I'm actually jealous. My Keurig overflowed this morning. Didn't actually oh, run no. my Tim. It's it didn't run my Tim Hortons through, and it's a, a, a I you know what a way to kick off the new year with a little bit of Tim Hortons, which blows Duncan out of the water. And and I was about ready to kill somebody. I'm not close enough to Canada to get Tim Hortons, so there's you got that. them all over New York, but it's uh, but a lot of them are like kind of fix, uh, it's fixated way around upstate. You know, it's way upstate. So, I don't and, either. I got to order out. <laughs> nice. So I got to tell you, I love the background. Thank you again. I've used it a few times uh, on the Big Recon Baseball show with Willie and Alex, which was a lot of fun. Listen, we're going to get you on with Willie and them again. And we're all going to be on there because it just we'd go forever. <laughs> yeah, that's that's one we should probably start mid-afternoon or early evening and, and then just go and until whenever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. I'll have to have the family go somewhere for the weekend. It, it, it'll be like King of the It'll be like King of the Mountain. Last guy to last guy not to fall asleep wins. I'm screwed. <laughs> <laughs> so, in all seriousness, let's get to the Orange Bowl, and I want to go there first because I have a hot take for 2021 that not many people are going to like, but I think is going to happen. And let's start with the absolute domination that was the Georgia Bulldogs winning that game and setting themselves up for the second time in what is it four years. Yep. Uh, to play Alabama in the national championship game. But this time it's above Mason-Dixon, and I hope they keep the uh, Peyton Manning dome nice and cool for those Southern teams uh, in the national championship game. But listen, um, let me get your reaction first. Going in, I honestly thought Michigan had a better shot at this game. 
with the way they played against Iowa and Ohio State, for that matter. Uh, and really, ever since the Michigan State game, the way their front had dominated both on the offensive and defensive side of the ball. What was your takeaway from the highlight package you saw, and what do you see that Georgia did differently than in the SEC championship game? Um, honestly, I think the dogs were out to basically prove a point last night. It's uh, They had the one slip-up against Alabama. It's been you know, four weeks at that point, Sam Bennett basically made a living last night of, of the DBs fight, uh, biting on every one of his reads, whether they were play action or checkdowns all night long. It's a, every highlight I saw, I saw the 10 minute ESPN package. I saw other, uh, other sites like highlight heaven that actually do like, you know, 20 minute packages and every single one, Sam Bennett could do whatever the hell he wanted to with the balls because uh, in Michigan, they would get penetration, but their DBs were biting all night. Yeah, and I said this when we previewed the game a few weeks ago, uh, well, over a month ago now. Um, I thought that their front was their strength, but their defensive backs could be taken advantage of. And, well, C.J. Stroud threw for almost 300 yards with that ter uh, tremendous pass rush in his face. Um, I was more shocked at the final score. I thought Michigan's defense would put up a fight against an offense that let's be honest, all year underwhelmed a lot of people. Georgia really yes. relied on their defense to win those games. Um, Scheme-wise, was it just the play action they were biting on, or was Georgia doing something different that other teams haven't done? Not, you from could what I could, not from what I could see. It was basically just Georgia going out and kind of putting the, uh, uh, you know, realizing now that they've got a fresh slate now. It was one loss, and it actually occurred in such a late game in the season that they knew that they had a perfect opportunity to be able to hit the refresh button, and it wouldn't it wouldn't kill their chances at a national title. And now they're eight days away from you know from a shot at it. Okay, yeah, and my takeaway from the limited stuff I saw was um, really Georgia flipped the script on Michigan from what they did since the Michigan State game. They dominated the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball. Uh, Michigan's great rushing attack, which we saw on full display in Ann Arbor uh, the last Saturday in November, was really non-existent. And, and, well, they ran the ball well against Iowa, too. But it was really non-existent. And they made uh, – what's the quarterback's name? Cade, Mc, uh, uh, Cade McNamara. They made McNamara try and beat him. And uh, as I've said this before, McNamara's not the kind of quarterback that can go out and beat you. Uh, I will say I, I will say this. McNamara, except for the two interceptions, which were uh, one of them was really bad with an overthrow. When McNamara actually had time, McNamara was making a puck, uh, some pretty good throws last night. I'm not saying it would have been enough to win, but it's uh, but it was it was the fact that Michigan it it, it wasn't that they were spooked by the moments of, of finally getting there for the first time since the CFP began. It was it's. It's more so that Georgia was just that damn good. Yeah, and I thought so too because I I watched the quick ESPN highlight and what I saw was just a better team on the field. So Georgia punches its ticket late last night from the Orange Bowl. Let's go to the first game, which is one I thought really would have set the world on its ear had it come out the way everybody wanted to because no one outside of that state likes the University of Alabama. Um. I was most shocked that they ran the ball 10 times down Cincinnati's throat in that first drive. I was shocked. Yes. Especially with the Heisman Trophy winner under center. Um, I figured they'd want to have Bryce Young show out, but you got to give Saban credit. He did it again. He dissected an opponent he had a month to prepare for. Well, basically a month. And Bama made this a laugher. 
Uh, it wasn't uh, even close. What did you see? The uh, the uh, and and uh, at the very very end of the telecast and all the highlight packages, uh, Brad Nessler even said it. He is now thirty six and zero against coaches he has paced for the first time. I don't like that stat just because I I I don't either. But still, actually making that go from thirty five to thirty six in a national semifinal is saying something. I mean, that is saying something, but I will say this. Um, remember, Fick was on Urban Staff when Ezekiel Elliott ran 85 yards through the heart of the South. Yeah. And Fick helped design the defense that held down Amari Cooper that night. So I don't I, – I understand it's as a head coach they're doing this. Um, but I – listen, I love Coach Fick. I'm glad he's staying at Cincinnati. Um, but, yeah, so – Alabama-Georgia in the national championship game, I probably won't get on to preview the national championship game just because I honestly don't care. Um, yeah. It's Listen, when the Final Four came out, you were like, the only way we're going to see somebody besides a rematch of the SEC title game is if Michigan beats Georgia. Didn't happen. I don't care. I would care more if they said they're going to keep the dome open and make these kids play in the cold and Nick Saban lose his mind. But they're not going to do that. So, although if 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 we see that Georgia's up two scores, if not three scores, early in the second half, everyone's turning that game on. Honestly, at that point in time, I turn it off because that's when Georgia normally falls falls apart. <laughs> you know what? That's true. You 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 feel that you're jinxing it. Yep. I, I would just be done because I'm looking at it going. Well, Kirby's up three scores. Yeah, it's about time for old Nick to do whatever he wants to now. Right. It's like a, it's so, it's like us the last few weeks with the Browns. They stink, and then we shut the game off, and now they mount the comeback. You know. Don't get me started on last week. Okay. Yeah. Just don't. Just don't. Because I basically was ready to throw hands with people on Twitter this week. Two of the four. Uh, let me just say this: we weren't going to touch on the Browns or the Cavs today, but I will say this. Two of the four were egregiously missed DPI calls. Egregiously oh, missed. Oh, without a doubt. And it's a, let me go ahead. Go, I, I have posed this question to one of the guys I was ready to throw hands with. I sent him a DM and I said, What's your solution? What's your solution? Because guess what? Russell Wilson's been nothing without the Legion of Boom and Marshawn Lynch. And Aaron Rodgers ain't coming here. You don't have enough draft capital or talent to trade to keep a good team and get a big name. Let the guy play another year when he's healthy. Let's see. Two years he was healthy. He's he's breaking records and getting into the playoffs. Alex Van Pelt even said on uh, uh, to the media this week uh, yesterday that yes, the yesterday that the harness on his shoulder is affecting his throwing motion, which is what we thought about originally when uh, when it happened. You and I talked about that. I think it was the second. It was in the What's in the Box episode we talked about that. Yes, probably yes it was. Yep. So here's my hot take that a lot of people may not like. Um, and I say this because it makes a lot of sense. And I know there's one person when I say this is going to want to kill me. And that's Alex, our buddy from Row 7. <laughs> I think last night was Khaki Pants' last game in a Michigan sideline. And he will be hired as the head coach of the Chicago Bears next season. Ooh, that could be interesting. Especially with the fact that if I'm Harbaugh, 
That one win just rewrote the narrative because the media is stupid. Oh, he finally beat Ohio State. He's one in five, bro. Pump the brakes. Um, I know you don't like me saying that, but it, it unfortunately it's the truth. Um, but he played for them. Nagy is an absolute aberration. Um, and as much as it pains me to say this, I think he could be good for Justin Fields. Fields would be the most talented quarterback Jim Harbaugh has had since Colin Kaepernick. And I'd say Fields is a better thrower of the football than Cap. At the very least, it would be entertaining to see a Michigan guy coaching a Buckeye. Yeah, it really kind of would, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> At the very, very least. Because he doesn't have to. Unless Rodgers retires, he's not going to be expected to get you to the playoffs you know, no. in year one, year two, year three, just make them competitive. Yeah, and here's the thing. Think about it. It was a three-year arc in San Francisco before he played in that Super Bowl. So I'm not – I'm, listen, the Bears have a lot more problems than their head coach. Their offensive line is Swiss cheese. Their defense is very good, but unfortunately it's getting older. Their skill players don't want to be there. And they're going to blame all this on Justin Fields, which is crap. You and I both know that. But let's also keep one other thing in mind. Of the four teams in that division, Chicago's actually the one that's got the most upside, if you can actually believe all this, because the Lions aren't going anywhere. And no. Then, uh, and, then, and then Cousins and Favre are just old, and they're not going to be around very much longer at all. You said Favre. Favre. I'm, I'm thinking about the tribute we're going to make later. Rogers, you know what I mean. Yeah, I knew what you meant, but I had to say <laughs> <laughs> Red Favre. Um, so let's get to this afternoon, and let's get to a Rose Bowl that, as you see, I have on the long sleeve commemorative shirt. Says twenty nineteen Rose Bowl game champion, and the Nike locker room hat, which my wife is hoping they don't win, so I don't buy any more gear. Um, <laughs> which I will. Uh, <laughs> but let's get let's get to it. Let's get to a Utah team that beat soundly twice. One of the two teams Ohio State lost to, and Ohio State going into this game without the projected one and two wide receiver in this upcoming draft and pieces on the offensive line and pieces on the defensive line. So how much of Utah have you watched and how much of Utah have you read? Mm, diddly squat. Okay. So let me, and B. let me tell you what I focused on with them. And I focused on really the offensive side of Ohio state's ball and the defensive side of Utah's ball. Uh, mostly because I think Ohio State's defense has such little to be desired right now. They just got to tackle well today and hope that C.J. Strzok and Travion Henderson can put up some numbers. Let's focus on a positive on the Buckeye side, and that is they didn't lose their number one wide receiver. Jackson Smith and Jigba led the team in catches and yards. And I think he was second in touchdowns to Olave. Um, so you're putting in Julian Fleming, who was a top – wide receiver in a class two years ago. You're putting in a Mecca Ibuka who was a top wide receiver in a class last year. You're putting in Marvin Harrison Jr. who's a top wide receiver from this year, from last year's class as well to go with JSN. Uh, you have your Heisman semifinalist under center still. You have your breakout true freshman running back behind him. This is going to be a lot for Utah to handle. Plus, Jeremy Ruckert's playing. 
don't know if you saw that. Um, yes. Yeah, he's playing. He decided to stay and play the Rose Bowl. Um, he's one that actually decided. He's one that actually did. Yeah, and listen, I don't blame these kids. As, as a matter of fact, Nick Creedy's our buddy from school, and I were talking about this last night. And people were saying, oh, it's a travesty that they're not playing in the Rose Bowl. It's the Rose Bowl. And I said, well, this all changed when the combine and pro days became more important than game film to the NFL. Yes. So this isn't on the kids. This is on the next level. What I, I, agree. I agree with that. But let's also let's call a spade a spade here. Really, nobody outside of the state of Utah or Ohio State, even though it's the Rose Bowl, nobody gives a good damn about this game. You know what? I really believe that, too, with one exception. This has been the highlight game, whether it was O.J. Simpson's USC Trojans and uh, Woody Hayes' Ohio State and Archie Griffin, Ohio State Buckeyes. People cared about this game 40, 50 years ago when it was box scores and TV highlights. Maybe. Right. It's still the Rose Bowl. It um, is. So it's still going to have a decent audience. It's a great view. Um, I wish Gus and Joel were on the call instead of Fowler and Herb Street. Um, no offense to either one of those boys, but I also hope Gus and Joel are the voices of the next NCAA football game. <laughs> Your lips to whomever's ears. You know, because if you remember, it was Brad Nessler way back when with it Herb Street Nessler and Corp. Lee Corso. Corso. And you would do the little things before the games, and Corso would put on Brutus and everything. Oh, it was great. Yep. Um, oh, side note, how about Goldberg on game day? Goldberg was the guest picker yesterday. Like like Bill Goldberg? Bill Goldberg. <laughs> Get Bill Goldberg off my TV. I have, you know... Seriously, how is the guy 56 years old and they're still giving him a contract to wrestle in the WWE? But then again, I don't care. I only watch AEW. Frank Adam and myself just actually dropped, you know, three, uh, um, several hundred dollars on tickets for Johnny Gargano's eventual debut with Cle in Cleveland next month. Oh, Maybe are they going to be there? Oh, nice. Yeah, they're going to be. Yeah, they're going to be at Wolstein on the 26th. Oh, and it's at Wolstein. Yep, because they don't actually draw enough to actually sell out. Uh, the queue right now and actually how they have it set up is the entire end zone one one side's going to be completely covered off for the stage and then where we are is what they call the hard camera side so what you see on tv is where they film it will they actually clear out an entire section and all the upper deck seats behind it um and then like the other sections around are like at limited capacity so we're on that side and then they're only going to from what you're going to be able to see of the packed house it's like everyone on the opposite side and end zone in the upper deck. So it's 14,000 people, but they're going to cut it down to where it's only like maybe seven or 8,000 people are there, but it's going to look that, sold out. That, well, that's how you do it with the camera. Yep. So, so here we are at, at against, you know, listen, Utah's a legit team. They run the ball. Well, they run a four, two, five on the defense and they're nasty. And it's not like they're nasty as in they're good. They're just nasty. Yeah. I mean, they will rip your face off. And a lot of this is Utah. It's, they got sick and tired of actually playing little brother once they joined that conference, and they just decided to just start stepping up and punching people in the mouth. Do you blame them? No, not at all. I would say I would say this. I think they're the closest thing to a Big Ten team in the Pac-12. 
Very much so because they play in higher altitudes. They play in colder weather and any of the other teams out there like Washington, Washington State, Oregon, you know, they're not getting snow the way that uh, and, and cold weather. They're getting a lot of rain or freezing rain. But it's all. Uh, but again, yeah, you're right. It's it's you have to be big and bruising. And, you know, the the big the big hosses on the front on the on the O and D lines in the trenches. That's actually how you build a program. Yeah, and of course they're bringing guys in from the islands to play offensive and defensive line at these schools on the West Coast. Yep. So it's it's there's a Samoan presence there's which is great for pass blocking, but believe it or not they run the ball better than they throw the ball from what I was reading. So you know I don't want to seem like I came in unprepared to talk about my team's game, but it's Utah. It's a West Coast team. It's not one of the well known West Coast teams. When they went right. in a couple of years ago against Washington, we knew who Jake Browning was. Because he had led Washington to the playoff a couple years earlier. We knew he was a senior coming in. He was a, a what have you. Um, but this is a different Ohio State team that's going out there. Remember, it was three years ago today that Urban Meyer handed Brian Day the whistle and introduced him to the team as the 25th head coach in Ohio State history. So I think Day is putting a little bit more on this one. I think the team is, as a whole is pissed off after what happened in Ann Arbor at the end of November. And the fact that they could have gone in and beaten Iowa, won a fifth consecutive Big Ten title, and played last night. And probably would have played Georgia last night, uh, as opposed to Michigan. So Yeah, I'm not gonna make the joke about what uh, about you know what time Ohio State played last night. Oh wait, I just did. That's okay. I, I had to get too. one in. Yeah. I know, I made it too. Someone said to me, Oh, Michigan didn't show up. I said, Yeah, well, Ohio State was supposed to play oh tomorrow. But, hey, I told you, give me a Rose Bowl win and momentum in the next season, and I'd be okay. And I will be because God, there's, yeah, God willing. There's, there's, there's a lot of credence to that. Yep. They weren't going to win for the next 100 years in a row. wasn't going to happen. Uh, so let me ask you this question. Is this a must win for Ryan Day? I can't see how it's not. It's uh, because, it, because if he loses this game – He'll have had three marquee games against legit playoff borderline deserving teams, and he'll have come up short in all three. You mean this season? Yes. Okay. You know when you put it that had, way? Because, because if Oregon had not crapped the bed twice, they'd actually been playing last uh, – they'd have been playing last night. If – they actually would have handled their business against Michigan. Ohio State would have been playing last night. Instead, they're not, and they're playing today. And if Utah actually hadn't had an upset earlier in the year, they could have actually made an argument to get in. No, and I agree with you. And I, I don't want to think it's a must-win for Ryan Day, but when you shape the argument that way, I can see why you would think it is. I honestly can. Um, where I think it's a must-win for Ryan Day is let's see what his new defensive coordinator is going to do. Because he's on staff already. He's not with Oklahoma. He wasn't with Oklahoma State. He's there. Mm -hmm. um, here's one for you with ties to this game. You know he offered the new head coach at Notre Dame the job first, right? Who was that? Uh, oh. The, the coordinator? Yeah. The guy who took over for uh, – for Brian oh, okay, okay. I, I thought I thought you were I thought you meant Ryan Day. It's like, wait, what? 
No, no, for Mark Marcus Freeman, who is a Buckeye. He played for Jim Tressel. But Ryan Day offered him a for apparently was he was offered a very lucrative deal to come be the defensive coordinator Ohio State. And of course, Notre Dame says, hey, be our head coach. No brainer. DC, marquee head coach. It's not really a question. Right. Um so let's go a little long ball in tonight's game. And I'm going to ask this question, and you're somebody who's neutral in this because you don't like Ohio State, but you actually understand it and respect it. If they come up short, is Ryan Day in the hot seat? I don't think so unless they get blown out. Uh, because let's, you know, you actually mentioned the guys who opted out. I'm, I'm sorry. It's a, uh, you actually, you know, a lot of the national narrative and, and what you mentioned earlier is you actually have these guys putting more emphasis on pro day. I'm sorry. Uh, Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, Nicholas Petit, uh, Frere, and uh, and Haskell Garrett. Haskell Garrett. They quit. They they quit on their team. They 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 took their yeah. ball and they went home, just like both of the Bosa's did a few years ago. They quit on their team. Well, hold on. Joey Bosa played in his final game. He just got thrown out. <laughs> yeah, he, yeah, and he got thrown out a, early because it yeah, was he a got garbage thrown out early because they because they obviously didn't care. It was because a garbage he put his, because he, because he put his team in that kind of position that early That's in the game. True. That's true. And, of course, Nick was coming off the surgery the from the injury he sustained against TCU, but he could have played, and he decided to walk away. No, I get you. And I think it's a, a little I'm gonna, bit – I'm going to quote Jim Rome here. It's, uh, and, and just like what Nate Diaz get, uh, did you know, a few months ago in his fight, when the going got tough, quit. Yeah, I uh, – I don't think it's about going on top. Olave, you know, Nick had said to me, I can't believe Garrett Wilson and Olave didn't want to play in the Rose Bowl. And I reminded him, Olave caught a touchdown in the Rose Bowl a few years ago. So at least from that perspective, he's a senior. It's like, all right, whatever. I don't like it either. I understand it, but I don't like it either. And to the point where I understand it where, again, the next level where you are going to make your living to get your family set up, there is more emphasis on doing things in shorts and T-shirts than there is in people watching game film. There's no reason to do it now. I'm going to have a hot take here myself, is that if you opt out of your team's bowl game, you should not be able to have a hold of private practice. You actually should have to go to the combine. I would say this. Um, if you opt out of your team's bowl game, you shouldn't be allowed to use their facility to hold your pro day. Completely agree. Bill your damn self. Exactly. Be like Terrell Owens doing sit-ups in your driveway. Please don't compare these two young guys to T.O. He knew what he was doing. <laughs> but, you, but, you, but you get the analogy. I do get the analogy. I do. Um, are we talking one of those two can end up in a Browns uniform, though? Depending on what happens in the next two weeks? If they're picking middle of the first round, if they if if they don't win out, it it's entirely possible. Which one? I feel you a little bit. I probably want. I, I probably want Garrett Wilson because he's got a little bit more size. Okay. See, I'd want to lobby because he's a better route runner. Yeah, it you know, but the thing is, is that if they re, if if the Browns re-sign Hollywood Higgins, and then especially with all their tight ends, they have. The route runners, they have the underneath guys, your Wes Welker, you know, type receivers. They don't have, you know, 
I can't believe I'm bringing his name up. They don't have an OBJ who's a 6'3 guy who can stretch the field. They, they didn't have a 6'3 guy named OBJ to stretch the field when he was there. But you know, but you, but again, you know where I'm going with it. They need somebody who can actually, they need somebody like a Josh Gordon, uh, minus all the headaches, of course. And both of these guys have their heads screwed on straight, but they need somebody with some length who not only can stretch the field, but also have the height to be able to go up and get the ball. I agree with you. And, and they don't laughing. have that right now. No, they don't. And I was laughing because you said headaches and Josh Gordon. I first thought I had was, he doesn't get headaches. Um, <laughs> and punt. <laughs> I'm sorry. I couldn't help it. White flag. <laughs> that might be a yellow flag on that one. That was wrong of me to say. Oh man! What'd you do? It's a, that was that was actually that wasn't a white flag. That was my five dollar off target coupon. <laughs> oh, keep that. That's, that's like gold, man. Yeah, I was I was just gonna say that's like that's that's gold, platinum, or whatever precious metal you want to call. Absolutely, it. absolutely. So let's get to a score prediction, and I'm not asking for a score prediction as in uh, who's gonna win because I think I think Ohio State is just too much. They. Utah hasn't seen this kind of firepower because even with the top two wide receivers out, like I said, you're replacing it with all five stars. Um, one of whom has a Hall of Fame pedigree, same name as his daddy. Yeah. Um, and you didn't lose your top wide receiver, you didn't lose your running back, and you didn't lose your Heisman finalist under center. Um, oh, speaking of the Heisman finalist under center, sir. Did you want to drive to New York City with me and just punch Denzel, uh, Desmond Howard in the face? I might have missed this. You're going to have to fill me in. As a, as a, I'm not asking as someone who can't stand Ohio State. I'm asking as a journalist. Um, I believe the line was that a guy was standing between C.J. Stroud and um, the defensive Hi, end son. from no, the defense, yeah, and Hutchinson from Michigan, and Desmond Howard was standing there, and Hutchinson's being interviewed. And um, the guy said, hey, he's blocking you better than your O-line did. Middle of the Heisman presentation. That's a Michigan guy getting a shot in where he can. But here's my question. How pissed would Desmond Howard have been if a few years ago, when Ju when Jabril Peppers was there, somebody would have said something to the regards of, you shouldn't win this, you can't beat your rival. If Herb Street would have said something like that. Yeah, I could actually see that. The other difference is, is that, you know, there's a reason why Herb Street is is in the booth and Howard's on the, on the pregame because of because of things like that. Because he's a class act and Desmond Howard's a joke. Yeah, it's a and Herb Street was a quarterback that I admired when I grew up a Buckeye fan. Remember, I didn't stop being a Buckeye fan until the 07 title game against Florida. No, I know. I know. You should come back. It's different now. It really is. Uh, let me t let me tell you. I, I've been a yeah, Buckeye fan. Yeah, it's even it's even more elitist. Yeah, sure. It's That's not. I want to be a part of. No, hold on. Fans like me, it's not. You know that. I can look you in the face and tell you this straight out. I took my beating from you because of the last game because they deserved it. <laughs> they got they got their rear ends handed to them. Um, but no, you should come back for one reason and one reason only. And you know what that is? You ready for this? 
to be a to be to be a yearly analyst on your show. No, we'll still do this whether you do it. <laughs> <laughs> this is too much fun with you. Yeah. No, because honestly, outside of morons on Twitter, which you get with every fan base, I've seen a lot of love out there with this with these guys. You see a lot of people doing a lot of the good things. Listen, the schmucks back when they played against Urban in that championship game that were running their mouth, I wasn't one of them. <laughs> I knew Florida was going to be a tough out. I personally think that Florida shouldn't have been in that game, but that's just me. Um, I think it should have been a rematch of the game of the century from a few weeks earlier because number one, oh, number two only lost to number one in a three-point yeah. game in number one's house. Yeah, but also that year, Florida basically went through everybody, and the only loss on their schedule, I want to say, was either LSU or Auburn, who was another team that was in the mix as well. Oh no, and, and I get and, that, and 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 they were not, they were not actually going to do, they were not going to run that back four weeks later. I'm sorry. Well, a couple years later, they ran it back at six weeks later. Yeah. So. I think Ohio State wins tonight. I honestly do. I think Utah doesn't hasn't seen this much firepower uh, on offense this year. For as good as Oregon was, they were not as explosive. I think Ohio State led the country in explosive plays this year uh, in the passing game. And, of course, Trevion Henderson's a home run hitter out of the backfield. Um, I think they score 35 points. I think it's end up being a close game, 35-28. Uh, but, I listen, Ohio State walks off with the roses tonight, in my opinion. You, are you in agreement, or are you going to go against me just because? <laughs> no, it's I. I actually do have an agreement. It's a, it, Utah is not the little sister anymore. Agreed. But it's a, even though they're a little bit more cohesive because they don't have things hanging over them. Uh, and and I think the reason why Oregon's not playing in this game is is number one Thibodeau not playing in both of those games, and then also the Mario Cristobal is he going to stay or is he going to go hanging over the entire program for much of the second half of the season. Uh, I think Ohio State, even without those four guys, is just a much, much better and more complete football team. And quite honestly, they are pissed off. Agreed. I, I think that's the this, biggest. This this is actually going to be fun. This is going to be a la like like George St. Pierre and, and, and Nate Diaz or, or like Nate Diaz and Conor McGregor. This Utah is just, you know mad at the world and Ohio state's got something to prove. And they're, I wouldn't be the least bit surprised, even though they've not, they haven't played each other, you know, really in years, maybe decades for all we know, I wouldn't be the least bit surprised. A couple of fights broke out tonight, just with the competitive nature. Yeah. Because I think Ohio state's anger is a lot of self-loathing for the way they played in Ann Arbor. Uh, Cause yep. they did not play well. Um, real quick. Uh, Marcus Freeman, who we talked about before who took over at Notre Dame, uh, his first regular season game, September 3rd, in the horseshoe. Nice. Yeah, where he played for Jim Tressel. He opens his coaching career. Oh, did you hear who his new DC is? No. James Laurinaitis. <laughs> I was, you know, I was actually watching old Rams highlights, and I'm like, where's the road warrior been? His dad passed. Yeah. His dad actually passed middle of last year. Yep. And I got to tell you, my favorite uh, Joe Laurinaitis moment is he wa it was walking into Michigan Stadium from what I heard 
when James was playing there. And someone actually tried to dress up a pair of shoulder pads like the Road Warriors in Michigan blue and yellow, and he kind of looked at them. They took them off. Yep. That is, that is that is not just urban legend. That is fact. I've actually seen that story confirmed multiple places online. I wouldn't want to piss him off. Even Mike Hegstrand, who was who was Hawk, it's a yeah. If they can walk up to Vince McMahon and Jim Cornette and Jim Crockett and actually say we're not going for the finish, and they just wanted to beat people up. My favorite one I read. Um, apparently, James was walking through the airport. Uh, he was going somewhere on an off week, and he hears behind him. Animals boy, and it was Ric Flair. Then he, no, no, from from what we're actually hearing, he's a scumbag. So, who Flair? Flair. <laughs> Color me shocked. Not not everybody's Hulk Hogan with the prayers and the vitamins, Jim. And and he and 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 he wasn't any saint either, brother. Yeah, because those vitamins were anabolic steroids. So. Um, <laughs> we, uh, we want to touch on, uh, for everybody out there, we want to touch on a couple things that happened this week in pop culture and current events. And it started the other day with the, uh, untimely passing of John Madden, um, who not only revolutionized video games, but revolutionized, um, is that the Madden music? Madden 93. Oh, wow. Well, he revolutionized so, broadcasting. Still probably NFL my favorite games. Madden game. Yeah. Um, I like, and this is back to when I was a Jet fan, I like 06 because it was the Chad Pennington, Curtis Martin, New York Jets. Yeah. Uh, Although but, I, haven't, I haven't played a Madden game since it was back on PS2, and I think Jamal Lewis was on the cover. I don't oh, even wow. think I own the Peyton Hillis game. It's it's I, too it's too technical anymore, you know. I have twenty one. I have twenty and twenty one for that matter. Uh, the Patrick Mahomes and the running back from Baltimore one. Um, sorry, couldn't help it. Not wrong, <laughs> but couldn't help it. Uh, yeah, I have uh, that those two um, for the Xbox and. Um, it's just, I, I turned it on, I was uh, playing it this morning, and it's just, it's odd to know that there is a world now where we can't hear the bus pull up, and it, if you wanted to, and we can't right. hear somebody go, boom, it, it, other than Frank Caliendo, of course, who may have done Madden better than Madden, kind of like, kind of like, Steve, like, kind of like Eddie Murphy doing Stevie Wonder better than Stevie Wonder back in the day. Um, and Jay and Jay Farrell doing Stephen A. Smith better than Stephen A. Smith right now. I think everybody does Stephen A. Smith better than what Stephen A. Smith does. Um, God, I can't stand that man. But again, revolutionized video games, revolutionized um, sports video games, anyway. Uh, but and revolutionized the booth. I mean, how long were John Madden and Pat Summerall the soundtrack of our Sundays? Yes. Yes, it's, you know, both guys who had playing careers and then really didn't do anything until after, um, you know, after they hung up their cleats. It's, you know, mm -hmm. Pat Summerall was a very good player. 
you know, back in his heyday, I think Madden only played maybe a year or two and then, you know, had to retire and everything from injuries or something like that. But it was, it was something where they were the reason. And I, I, I touched on this, uh, you know, somewhere earlier, I think I actually left it in a, in a Facebook comment uh, for some tribute or a compilation is, you know, us being on the East coast, we always got treated to, it was, it was the NBC games when we were younger. Now it was CBS. And then the reason why you flipped over to Fox in the nineties. Um, and then, you know, back then, if you remember, it was CBS actually had the NFC back in the, uh, back in the eighties and early nineties. And yes. it was because of, it was because of Summerall and Madden, uh, because even though it was the same teams you would see every single week and got sick of, it was always the Niners, the Packers, and the Cowboys, um, and and the Vikings for a while. But you tuned in just to be able to see, uh, just to be able to listen to them, regardless of what the outcome of the game was. I uh, yeah, and, and listen, I enjoyed him with Al Michaels on Monday Night Football as well after Pat Summerall yes. retired. Um, but not for nothing, Jim, as much as Coach Madden was big in everybody's lives, I think what happened yesterday uh, kind of hit me harder than I thought it was going to. Yes, 2021 My, just had to get one more. Oh, and it, it had to be that one. Yeah. So, of course, we lost Betty White yesterday. And I know you're listening to a sports show, and you're like, why are these two talking about Betty White? For one reason. Outside of the Snickers commercial, which was epic. <laughs> my son asked me one time he said dad why are we so sarcastic and when he said we he has inherited that gene from me my older boy and i said son i was raised on the golden girls and friends and that show which is where i was introduced to her because when we were in mary tyler moore was already off the air when you and i were born right um she was hilarious did you see the proposal with Ryan Reynolds and Sandra Bullock? I did not. It's, oh, uh, it's one it. of those that I've actually had and I've never gotten around to. Watch it, but did you watch Hot in Cleveland? Because that one. I actually was already a cord cutter by then, but I've seen a lot of the clips, especially the blooper reels of her just throwing F-bombs everywhere. And just Wendy Malick looking horrified. Well, my favorite my favorite thing about that was it was basically the Golden Girls set in Northeast Ohio, and she was Estelle Getty. She was Sophia. Yep. Because remember, she originally wanted to play Blanche, and no, they didn't give it to wanted her. her to play Blanche. And because I read, I I've watched the interview a thousand times. B. Arthur wasn't going to do it because B. Arthur was originally supposed to be Sophia. Well, and then they, of course, they flipped it, which was perfect because right. my mother's my mother's best friend gives a lot of the looks Dorothy gives. Um, but what had happened was B. Arthur wasn't going to do it. She said, I am not doing another show with another Sue Ann Nivens, who was Betty White's character on the Mary Tyler Moore show. And, and Rue McClanahan goes, oh, no, no, no. I'm playing Blanche. She's playing Rose. And she goes, oh, this could be interesting. <laughs> and by the way, Estelle Getty always knocked it out of the park. Uh, it, I still watch that show today. Just what a great show. We're almost 40 years after that show premiered, and it's still outstanding. 
there will be times I'll be sitting at work and I'll actually have like Hallmark Channel in the background, just going through my DVR and everything, watching the movie that I missed from the night before. And they'll rerun Golden Girls all morning and I'll just keep it on. Yeah, we actually had that. Uh, I think it was last weekend, Christmas weekend. Uh, we had it on in the episode where they all got the flu. And Blanche says, uh, I, tr I treat my body like a temple. And Sophia goes, yeah, open all day and all night to anybody. <laughs> or, or, the one where or the one where Blanche says, do you know what I hate most about the end of a party? And Rose goes, finding your underwear in the big pile? I mean... <laughs> Just oh. so, it's just so good. And it was, it and, was, and, it was great. And, and, and the irony is, is um, anyone who actually, you know, watches YouTube or anything, watch Mojo, who everybody knows, put up a retrospect of, I think, like the 10 best Betty White moments. And they put it up today. Ironically enough, they had it recorded and they were going to put it out when she hit 100 in just two weeks anyway. I know. She's four days before me. She's on the 17th of January. Yep. Um, so as I talked about in the open, let's wrap this up because I told uh, Steph it wouldn't be too, too long. We're at 45 minutes right now. Um, so the next Wise Guy show, January 21st, it's a Friday night. And why did I pick that day? Because it's my 43rd birthday. Um, <laughs> so we'll bring you that. Jim, I got it. And I'm going to jump in with this. And I know we got cut off last time with uh, Bobby had a rough night. Your first video was awesome. And Thank listen, you. Becky Hammond should take Pop's job. Never mind this team that she's coaching now in the WNBA. She should take Pop's job when Pop wants you out. Know, I, I, I agree. It's I brought it up in the video is that Pop's only got one more year on that contract. He's, he's going to be 73 years old uh, by the time that ends. And, and she should have actually had the head coaching job in either a WNBA or an NBA team. Um, and and it was it was again it was right there for the taking and then the trailblazers went the trailblazers and and if you want to read more about that uh you know go uh go catch the video or or go read more about it um jcbluenote24.blogspot.com i actually kind of break it down a little bit more about how that actually happened yeah and the other thing i'm going to say is the only other place i would want to see her land as far as being a pillar of basketball is when Gino Oriyama decides to hang him up, have her take over UConn. That could be a lot of fun. Either her or Tawazi. I think I think Becky Hammond a little bit more than Tarazi. I think Tarazi would be, you know, the sentimental hire because she won four national championships there. It's you know was was a part of the record setting you know team and everything. But it's a but Hammond. It's Hammond's not just one of the best assistants. Hammond's got the potential to be one of the all time greats if everything falls her way. And and you know she's she's given me absolutely no indication that she's not going to excel. And people also forget she's taking over for Bill Lane Beer, who got the Aces to three straight WNBA conference finals and has got three championships in his career as well. Yeah, who would have thought one of the bad boys would coach a women's NBA team would be good at it? Remember, Michael Cooper won, won three or four titles, either with the Sparks or the Comet, uh, uh, with the Sparks, because Van Chancellor was the coach of the uh, the, the Comets when they won their four-peat to open the, uh, open the league. 
Yeah, I remember that too because I I went to Liberty Games, not Liberty Games, uh, Rockers Games. Yeah, Liberty was here in New York. So listen, we're gonna wrap it up here. Uh, hey. Jim, thank you so much for hopping on last minute. I was gonna do this the other night, and then we just couldn't get it done. And uh, Tone, if you listen, buddy, you and I are gonna get something done on a recap of the college football season once the national championship game's over. Uh, and Jim, I will talk to you as I do most days, and I will see you on the twenty first of January for Wise Guys Sports episode. Four or five? Officially four. If you want to throw the high school reunion in there, I want to say it's five. five. Let's say five. Just because we'll, we'll have we'll have we'll have the playoffs in full swing. We'll actually be able to figure out what exactly is, what the hell's going on with the Cavaliers right now. Uh, injuries and fatigue, but we'll talk about the Cavaliers. We will also talk about. I, we will also do this. So you're going to do some baseball with me because we're going to talk about the Hall of Fame ballots, which come out uh, next week. Uh, the Hall of Fame class of 2022 for Cooperstown. So for JC Bluno, I'm Big Recon signing off. As always, Big Recon can be found here on YouTube, Google, Spotify, Anchor, Breaker, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, and just ask Alexa to play Big Recon. I will see you guys next week. I'll have a show of my own, and we'll see Jim back on the 21st. Buddy, Happy New Year. We'll talk to you soon. Happy New Year, Mike. Have a good one.